Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Neil Gordon on the line, and he is a content creator for authors, entrepreneurs, and public speakers um, over at Neil Gordon Consulting. Uh, Neil, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Adam. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing for your entrepreneurs, authors, and speakers, and we also got, you also just launched a new speaker quiz. We're going to get into all of that stuff. I'm excited to get into it. Um, but before we do, let's get into your background a little bit more. So how did you get started in your career and in business? Sure. At a very high level, I would say that the whole thing started with my hating reading as a child and my reading comprehension cratering the older I got and further I went through school, winding up with a 330 verbal score on my SATs the first time I took them in high school, which for the record put me in the fifth percentile. And then graduating from college, hating the New York City subways, I moved to New York City and I started finding books and I started reading and some of the books blew my mind so much that I read as much as I could and I got some marketable skills and got hired as a low-level editor at Penguin. It was back then, it was Penguin before Penguin Random House and I was working at a book publishing company for a few years and then once I left, I became more of a ghostwriter and I started working on nonfiction books, how-to books primarily and developed a real affinity for it. And more recently, I just found myself working using the same signature process I did with the authors to work with speakers for in a lot less time and just found that it had much, just as much of an impact as a powerful book does. And so at a very high level, I just went from hating reading to using words basically as the basis of my career. It was pretty funny, actually. Wow, what an amazing story. I love this story. Right? I can't believe it. You're like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. You started off, because I know your backstory, so I'm like, wait a minute. This guy just now said he started his career hating reading. I'm like, but that's what you do. That's literally like how exactly. you people. Wow, exactly. that's so interesting. I love it. Um, and I honestly, I think that's a great transition. Let's get into what you're doing um, as a content creator. So tell us a little bit more about the business and how you're helping people. Sure. Let's talk a bit about public speakers. I mean, I work with a bunch of different people, as you said earlier, but mm-hmm. let's use speakers as an example. A lot of public speakers come to me with the same flawed assumption about what's going to make a really compelling, valuable speech, the kind of speech that people are like, oh, I want to work more with you or give their business cards or opt into their programs or whatever it is that they're doing on stage, that they all think that to get that desired outcome, they need to provide as much information as possible. That, like, you just need to give seven steps or ten tips or whatever it is. That that's the basis of, let's say, a keynote speech or something like that. But this, Adam, is the information age. We have as much information as we need in the little device in our pockets. And in some cases, not such a little device anymore. And we don't need to... We don't need to base our value on information anymore. What we need to do is create a whole other approach to our content, which rather than provide information, provide knowledge, but rather incite a belief that change is possible. 
the job mm. is to create content that draws people in on an emotional level and then convinces them that if they apply the concept that you've just talked about on stage, that they're going to get that desirable outcome too. And not in a slimy or sleazy way. I like to say that my work is persuasion with heart. And so it's being a heart-centered individual and also persuading people that doing things a different way is going to create a desirable outcome for them. And I've codified basically how you can create that belief that change is possible. Man, that is exciting. And I, I love um, – I love – the work you're doing because I, if you sit through another like information driven um, uh, presentation without the heart part, yeah. and if it's just that, I mean, and obviously there's a that, that's called training. I mean, there's a there's a time and place for that type sure. of, of thing, of sure. course. Um, but when you think about your speakers that are there to inspire, to teach you something new, or you go to an event or something else, and when you see something that's not like what you just described, you're like, oh man, yeah, that was uh, could have googled that one, right? Right, exactly. Or at the very least, it's just, you can just watch it in a digital course or something and just watch mm -hmm. it on your own time and consume the content. That's not really the point. And I have a perfect example of how the information that does show up in trainings and whatnot gets married with what I've just spoken of. I was just mm -hmm. in Palm Springs at my client's. She has this big three-day event. She's a big deal. She's got all of the hundreds of thousands of followers on Facebook and this, this big event and I was only there for the first day, so I didn't see how the whole thing unfolded, but she, she brought me there as her guest because I had helped her with the first 15 minutes of the three-day event. Mm. I did with a keynote speaker what I did with her in those first 15 minutes. So basically, it was like a little mini speech or a TED-like talk at the beginning of the event, which set the tone for the entire rest of the experience. So it's not just uh, first we're going to do something inspirational, and now we're going to get into the training. It's like this is going to inspire a greater investment in the training. Mm. And that comes from that belief that if they followed along with her for those three days, that the kind of changes she's talking about would be possible. And I, I emailed with her the day after the event was over. That was just this past Monday. And she said it was their they've been doing this event for nine years. She said it was the best event yet. Right. Wow. And I haven't gotten into the weeds with her. So what that means, but that's the kind of outcome we're going for here. Wow. Let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing with the authors. Yeah, of course. And what's funny is that there's a common thread in the approach. Whether I'm with a speaker mm -hmm. or I'm helping an author, what I help people to do is mine out a single-sentence, power-packed idea. In one sentence, you just lead to this aha kind of moment. Man, and that's so that's, hard. What you just described, Neil, takes yeah. mastery. That is so for anybody out there that's listening that has never been on or tried to do what to narrow that down to one sentence, that just hit me in the gut, Neil. I'm like, oh, that hurts. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I know how much that hurts. It's hard. It's hard. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, the best thing if you can do it. If you can pull it off, it's the best thing. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so difficult. Continue. I just had to bring yeah, up that course. to do that in a single yeah. sentence is hard. Well, especially when it comes to like a nice, concise podcast format like this, someone comes on and they're going to want to say things. And funny enough, I don't think I actually said the exact sentence for my own work, what I was describing. And the, the sentence is, people are empowered not by that which they know is true, but rather that which they believe is possible. Right? That's the single sentence way that I would explain the other, what I just took you through around how to reshape your talk. And the same thing applies for a book where 
at the beginning, like let's say a keynote speech is 45 minutes, I would say that the introduction of a book is that same kind of content and it has that power pack sentence in it, and that gets them to say, oh, wow, I see what you mean. And then they read the rest of the book and they make it actionable for themselves. And what's funny is that when someone comes up with a sentence like that in the book, I read books on the Kindle, and you know how they like highlight, they, they aggregate all the people who highlighted a certain passage? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You see this kind of sentence in those, like, those are highlighted. Like, Ed Catmull wrote this book. He's the co-founder of Pixar. And he wrote the book Creativity, Inc. a handful of years ago. And his single sentence is, getting the team right is a necessary precursor to getting the ideas right. And that thing was highlighted, oh, like, 6,400 times or something. Because people have that aha moment, right? Yeah. And so, wow. So it's... It shows up in all of this content. It could show up in a single elevator speech that's 20 seconds long. And so no matter what, it just shows up. And I've become quite evangelical about the value of this sentence, about the book and the speech and the networking and the marketing, the video sales letter, webinars, all of it can benefit from this. And look at the power of that. We're literally talking about a book that came out many years later off of a sentence he wrote how long ago, and now, you know, tens of thousands of people are going to hear about his book again. That's the power of creating one good sentence. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, we can, I mean, we can talk about it so much longer than we have time for today, Adam, but it's like, I already know. I already know. So, Neil, um, if somebody is listening to this that does want more information, because they're either an author, entrepreneur, um, speaker, um, um, and they do want some help with crafting their message or their speech, um, what's the? Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! We're not. We are not ending without um, telling <laughs> talking about this uh, speaker quiz. Tell us about the oh, speaker the quiz, quiz yeah. you just launched. Yeah, tell us about the speaker quiz because I want people to know how to go get it too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, thank you for that. The quiz is just a fun-loving little way. I've worked with a lot of speakers now, and a number of them are self-conscious about speaking because they're not this super high-energy, like crazy, over-the-top, manic kind of, like think of like Tony Robbins or something like that. And they think mm-hmm. because they're not like Tony, they shouldn't be a speaker. They might be a little soft-spoken, or they might just be a little more cerebral, or whatever it is. And so the quiz asks the question, what type of speaker are you? And there's five basic kinds, and you get a response, and you might be one of these types, and they all have this cute animal metaphor. Like you might be an owl, you might be an elephant, or a bird of paradise is even one of the the five types and stuff. And you find out what you are, and then it gives you a tip about how to really captivate your audience using your speaker type as soon as you start speaking. As soon as you get on stage, the first 7, 15 seconds, whatever it is, you have them in the palm of your hand. And the quiz both shows you what type it is and then how you can use that type to absolutely captivate your audience right away. Oh, man, you had to go and add the animal element and make it addictive. Now I'm going to have to go do this quiz because I have to figure <laughs> out what freaking animal I am. Thank you, Neil. So how, do, so how does the audience and myself get this quiz you have created now? You, you can go to my, – my website is neilcanhelp.com, so you can go to neilcanhelp.com forward slash quiz, and that will put you right on the quiz. And, of course, you can learn more about me at neilcanhelp.com as a whole. 
Fantastic. Well, hey, Neil, um, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing to help all our authors, speakers, um, and entrepreneurs. And thank you for creating that new quiz because I need to go figure out what animal type of speaker I am now. <laughs> uh, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store, um, um, leave us some comments in this. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, subscribe, of course, but um, leave us some comments. Let us know if you're a speaker, um, and then take the quiz and, and tell you what. Tell us what, in the comment section what, what animal you are. I'm, I'm going to figure out what animal I am, and I'm going to put in the comment section myself. Um, and again, on the channel, again, is Money Matters Top Tips. Um, so, Neil, thanks again for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I enjoyed being here. Thank you.